What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March4thPod. My website is March4th.podbean.com. My link tree with all of my stuff is in the podcast description for this episode. Y'all made it here, so you found us somehow. And I truly appreciate each and every one of you checking out another edition of the March 4th with Mike Bauman podcast. I hope that everybody's doing well. We are officially... In April, as of this show coming out, it's crazy how fast the year is already flying by, but I hope that everybody is doing well out there. Hopefully, your year is off to a good start. If you're still in school, there's only a couple of months left, and then we get into the summer movie season. We get into the summer concert season. Uh, There's already a lot of awesome shows going on, especially in the heavy music world, man, both on a local level and on a national, international level. I know the Sick New World Fest is coming up in Vegas in May which I'm kind of bummed I didn't I didn't try to get on and get tickets to. It was one of those things where I was like, I'll wait. You know, maybe if people want to take a little trip out to Vegas, I've never been. We can make it happen. And as it turns out, kids, it sold out like right away. So hopefully all my fellow New Metal fans uh, have a good time out in Vegas in May. But yeah, man, there's just a lot of really great things happening in heavy music right now. And I feel really fortunate that I am able to you know, introduce people in some cases to to several of those bands, uh, numerous bands on this podcast that maybe you weren't aware of from all over the musical spectrum. But as somebody who's been waving the flag for heavy metal since I was a, a little headbanger, man, back when I was a kid and I got my first Metallica Until It Sleeps EP, um, I, I always and always will wave the flag for heavy metal of, of all kinds, man. I love all the subgenres. And so I feel very lucky and very fortunate that I'm in a position on this podcast where I get to talk to so many awesome people from so many different walks of life and share their stories and hope that it inspires all of you to just keep pushing through whatever you're going through and to chase your dreams, man. It really is a a privilege. And speaking of introducing people to bands, the band this week that I have on the show is a band that some of you might be aware of, certainly if you're a fan of them, and, and that's what brought you here and your first time listener of the show, welcome. But for others of you, maybe you're not aware, and you're like, dude, I've been looking for new bands to put on my playlist or just new bands to get into. You know, Who's somebody that I should pay attention to? And even though I'm not going to fancy myself a tastemaker, I will tell you that I was very excited to get these guys on the podcast. They are none other than Of The Fallen out of Houston, Texas. And these guys bring the heavy man. Their latest single, Harlots, just came out on March 9th. It features Daniel Eichelberger of the band Marari. And at the time of doing this uh, this interview, I think we spoke mid-March. And the single already had almost 15,000 streams literally in like a week of coming out and I'm recording the intro and the close to this show at the beginning of April a couple days before the episode drops and Harlots already has nearly 18,000 Spotify streams alone so I'm sure 
you know, across all of the music services, it's well over 20,000. The music video, which they, they teamed up with Slam Worldwide for in terms of the release, that's already over 50,000 YouTube video views. And they've had a couple of different reaction videos. I think Beatdown King did a reaction video. Most recently, Hardcore Keem, who a lot of you may know, did a reaction video to Harlots. And as you guys will hear in this conversation, man, it's um, it's it's got its own theme to it. It's got its own vibe to it. Um, of the Fallen has put out a handful of singles going back to 2019. Uh, Lamentations, some of you might be aware of as well. That one reached over 30,000 YouTube views for the music video and over 100,000 Spotify streams just in its first eight months of its release. And now it has nearly, I think, right around 125,000 Spotify streams. The last time I looked, it might even be more than that now. But really talented group of dudes and, and like like a lot of bands out there you know they go through lineup changes as a matter of fact one of the guys that was on this podcast for this conversation is no longer in the band according to a recent posting on their their socials but it seems like it was amicable and so they're they're looking for another guitarist but uh on this conversation i was able to get wayne waylon alexis and travis and travis is the one who's no longer in the band but he's a nice dude and uh, it was great speaking with them on this. But um, all these guys were super down-to-earth dudes. Uh, Texas obviously has a very rich music history, whether you're talking metal, whether you're talking country, you know, rock and roll, man. Uh, these guys have a rich music history, and it's really cool to see Of The Fallen be another one of those bands that has got something cooking from the state of Texas. I've had several of them on this show, and so it's really cool to see these guys doing their thing and and I'm I'm just so stoked for them for this release for Harlots uh the music video like I said is so sick it's got an awesome theme to it and it's really cool to see bands putting effort into music videos again and see the visual side of their art and and the, you know the creativity that they have behind their instruments and behind the microphone to see it translate to a really cool theme because back in the day that that was what you looked forward to you know me being a big corn fan I was like dude Every time Korn had a new music video that would come out, that was always so sick. And any time they were able to knock off one of the boy bands or one of the pop artists, uh, you know, at the top of the TRL charts, my, my sister and I used to come home every day from school and watch TRL with Carson Daly. That was the big MTV show back in the day. For those of you who are young listening, MTV, there used to be a time where it was it was music videos and it wasn't like all the reality TV. I digress. You know, we all got to keep the lights on and pay the bills and get ratings and you know, evidently that's the stuff that's getting the ratings now and has been, I guess. But back in the day, man, it used to be dope on MTV because you would have different music blocks where they would play different genres of music. And like I said, TRL was like the show and we would watch it when we would come home from school, man. And uh, they would do, you know, making of and, and they'd even do a making of the music video. And Korn had some sick ones back in the day. Freak on a Leash is still one of the, the coolest music videos ever to me. Um if you haven't seen it, if you're in the younger uh, generation listening to this right now, make sure you go Google Corn Freak on a Leash and watch that music video. It was sick. Uh, the one from Falling Away From Me was really awesome. But uh, but yeah, man, uh, th these guys did a great job with Harlots. And uh, as a band, it's just it was cool to learn more about their story, learn more about the themes of their songs. They get into that. And, you know, we, we cover a lot of ground on this one and just had a really fun conversation. So I'm really excited to bring it to all of you. And uh, I hope you guys enjoy it, especially for all my fellow headbangers out there. So without further ado, 
I'm going to show my big yapper. And give you guys my conversation with Wayne, Waylon, Alexis, and Travis of the band of The Fallen. Here it is. All righty. Well, dudes, I, again, appreciate you guys joining. Um, really excited about Of The Fallen and just Harlots is, is doing great right out the gate. Um, so I'm happy to have you on the show, fellas. And, and before we officially get going, um, why don't you let people know your name and, and what you play in the band? And then that way, when you're, you're speaking, people know who's talking. All right. Wayne, you go first. All right. Can you hear me okay? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, okay. Um, yeah. So my name is Wayne. Yeah. I play guitar for The Fallen. Um, I'm probably technically in quotation marks one of the first original members of OTF, uh, been in it since before it was even OTF, so. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, age before beauty, uh, I guess, uh, <laughs> oh, are you still talking? My man. No, you turn, you turn, you turn, you go. I was going to do age before beauty, man, you know. <laughs> uh, my name's Wade. Uh, I'm the drummer. Been in the band a little... About three and a half years now uh pretty psyched because i'm kind of like the geezer of the group but uh I, I try to hang with these guys man i don't i don't never tap out first that's true <laughs> all right uh, i guess for me my turn uh my name's alexis i'm also uh, one of the guitarists for off the fallen um I joined roughly, I guess, last year in May, a little bit after I saw uh, these guys play in Local Mania 2. And yeah, uh, got asked to jam one day with the drummer. And ever since then, the rest is history. Where, you know, now I'm here with them. I'm Travis. I'm the other guitar player. And I wasn't even supposed to be in the band. I was literally just supposed to record and shoot a music video. But then I got harassed by Wayne and Way for what, <laughs> like two or three months. And then they're like, hey, should play these shows with us i'm like man you know what i'll play a couple shows and then it got to the point where i'm like man i actually like the music maybe i'll just stay around so then now they're stuck with me i can't even quit if i wanted to (laughs) (laughs) unless we made you the basis then maybe Well, to start things off uh i know the band formed back in 2019 right um but i guess just to to, to talk about where things are now. Um, I, I, from what I read, you guys had some lineup changes, uh, which I, I think pretty much every band goes through, but, um, things are pretty awesome right now for Harlots. I believe it's already close to 15,000 streams on Spotify. The last time I looked at the music video, which I think you guys was a slam worldwide. You, you partnered with to, to release that through YouTube and that's got almost 4,000 views and it's an awesome music video. It's really cool to see bands, you know, putting putting the effort into making a really cool music video that really captures the concept of the song. Um, so just first off, what's it like right out the gate? I mean, this is going to be out to people in early April, but we're in mid-March now. I think everything's been out, what, like a week? What's it like to see the kind of uh, attention that you guys have been able to garner with Harlots in just a week? Uh, so for me personally, it's something that's actually pretty cool for me because I've like I said I've been with the band for the longest. So seeing all the hard work and through perseverance too, because 
uh, one thing for sure is for this music and music video, the actual music was probably done in, uh, say, sometime in 2020. So it took an almost two or three years to get it released because of stuff that just happened, but lineup changes, all that stuff. So all that hard work and being pushed back constantly and then finally getting it out. And then now we have it out and the, the fans love it. People seem to like it. We get, we got getting hit up almost every day. It seems that people liked it, the music video and the song, and they appreciate the song itself. So that's for me personally, it's like amazing. <laughs> especially all the hard work and everything. There was a lot of extra stuff that we had to do behind the scenes because whenever we uh, were shooting the video, we basically shot it to the unmixed version of the song. And then whenever we got the files to send it off to get mixed, we realized there's a lot of stuff missing on it, like uh, mainly the bass and just some stuff wasn't edited guitar-wise. So I had to go in and tweak some of that. And in the end, like last second, Rob was like, Hey, let's re-record vocals too. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> something else. Like we're already pushing this back so much. So it took basically nearly a year from the point we shot the video till now. Cause we shot it like what mid-May? And it just got released. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. <laughs> See, I wasn't here for any of that. Yeah. I was like, I got to see, I got to be like right where when, you know at its final steps and then till now when it got released to like actually seeing how these guys uh uh you know made this video happen is actually really amazing especially uh you know it really makes you look forward to working you know with them as well yeah i think the uh, whole process was pretty exciting uh minus uh people almost getting caught on fire and whatnot <laughs> but, uh, it was definitely uh Definitely some some good footage. Definitely some good videos. Everybody, you know, was on point. You know, we got it done pretty quick. But uh, yeah, congrats to everybody, man. We had a lot of people put in and and give their time and effort to it to make it happen. But we're excited about it. Yeah. So for people who who aren't aware, when I was reading about the meaning behind the song, it's about a man losing himself to his own demons. Um, and eventually the, the, the maiden of, of anguish, right? And, and, and I'm, I'm presuming the, the woman in the video is, is portray, portraying the, the maiden of anguish. And she was awesome. I mean, she was putting flames out in her mouth and playing with candles and all kinds. I mean, it was, I was like, wow, this is like, this is like real skill. And, 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 and in the midst of, like you said, you guys playing your instruments too in, in different cut throughs with the scenes and whatnot, like, so I guess just the, the first thing in, in my little rant there is, uh, can you talk about um, the concept of the song and, and the meaning behind the song? Because I, I feel like based on what I read, you guys were really able to capture that in a, in a visual way with the video in a really awesome way. So this would be uh, a me, me and our vocalist, Rob. He's not here right now. He's working still and everything. But me and him talked about this a while back before even I believe Waylon was even in the band and we always had this vision so all our singles uh up to right now and I think we have one or two more coming out they all actually follow a huge a bigger storyline and they all interconnect to each other uh long story short it's pretty much about a guy that uh he's in like a war and battle he's a soldier uh he himself is starting to come to terms with the the decisions he's made 
while in war and battle and realizing that it's starting to affect him and stuff like that. And then with Harlots, it's more so him some coming to his own demons as like, you know, uh, frolicking, you know, uh, outside of his own love interests. He finds this girl, this lady, and comes to her, to his desires while trying to fight off everything else he's thinking about and doing. And he pretty much gets possessed by this uh, ent- entity made in English to where he gets lured in. As you can tell in the music videos, she's wearing a white and doesn't have her horns or anything. And then as the process goes, she be- starts having a black dress and she turns into what he- she actually really is. And that's pretty much him being possessed by her and pretty much succumbing to everything that his whole mind and body that he was trying to fight off, but he succumbs to it. So the storyline, and you mentioned the singles all being interconnected. Um, wh- wh- where did where was the inspiration for that coming from? Ugh, I don't even remember to be honest. <laughs> back when we first released our very first single called "Servitude" back in 2019, it started with that. No, sorry. There's a song that we haven't released and. It started with that song, sorry. Uh, back when OTF was a different name and different kind of music-ish, and we had a whole different lineup. Like, I think out of that lineup, it was only me and Rob part of that lineup still. Um, but it started with that, and Rob has always, personally, I know him, to, he's always been uh, someone who just don't want to write just songs. He just, he wants to actually put together stories and everything he writes. And I'm like that with our music, which is why all our stuff sounds so different because the way I see music is it should write a story in the song itself and everything. That's why there's so many parts and stuff. So we decided on that uh, way back when, uh, probably back in 17 or 16, I think, uh, before we even had the real band going at that point. And then from there, it, we have like one, two, three, four, I think five, maybe six songs that all interconnect right now. And then our next, even our next set of songs are all going to interconnect a certain way too. Uh, more so probably about uh, like uh, uh, mental things like being like anxiety, depression, uh, PTSD, stuff like that, you know. So we all have each section of uh, singles we do. They all correspond around something, uh, around something itself, and not just one off or whatever. That's cool. I like I like that they're they're interconnected. I mean, is is the goal to to eventually put together a compilation like like almost like a concept album that takes people from from sort of start to finish with the story, or, or right now is it, is it just more about releasing? individual pieces of the music to give people a taste of, of each individual thing. I'd probably say more so the uh, releasing independently each single uh, to give piece of the story. So they have to piece so people can piece together the story and see which parts are where, because I'll tell you, we definitely did not release it in order. That's for sure. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because you guys also had a lot of success too with, uh, with lamentations, right? I, that that I believe now has close to one hundred twenty-five thousand streams, 
and didn't like the the YouTube video uh, and and the Spotify streams. It was like thirty thousand views and and a hundred thousand streams in the first eight months or something like that. That one was was yeah. pretty successful right out the gate as well. Yeah. So that one actually has a small story only because uh, I was doing ads for the song and this one uh, troll kind of guy started trolling mm-hmm. us really badly oh, and I kind of love the internet. Love- I love that stuff though. It if we don't have, I've always told people, if we don't have trolls or haters, you're doing something. You're not doing something right, you know. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> but because of that guy, I decided to run with it a little bit. So I started posting about it and showing people. And then on Facebook, uh, mainly Facebook, uh, it just blew up. Like it was crazy how much it blew up. And then people went to go listen to that song on both Spotify and or YouTube. Just to be like, nah, bro, you're stupid, this and that, dude. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm going to go listen to this band now because you're talking shit. And then people started jumping in from all the other posts onto the posts he was talking about, and they started defending us. So that's actually pretty cool. I was like, this is, and some of them were people we didn't even know. And I was like, that's crazy to see that. <laughs> it's amazing how people go out of their way to to hate on stuff, too, you know? And I and I've I've been guilty before of probably being a, a bit of a never never in my content like this, but just talking with friends, you know, and you're kind of like, oh, this stinks or that stinks. Like, you know, we I think we all kind of have a little bit of a, a music snob in us because there's always something that you like more than something else. But then I got to a point where I'm like, I don't want to become like you're saying, I don't want to become one of those trolls or haters that like one, like I I'm not a musician, so. I'm I'm never going to hate on somebody for for putting something together and putting it out there because I I don't have to be a musician to understand how how difficult it is and how personal it is to to make music like I I noodle around on a guitar in my bedroom and if I ever had to play in front of anybody that would be like probably one of the biggest panic attacks I'd ever have in my life you know <laughs> but I think there's something to be said for just like you know be a cheerleader for the stuff that you love um, but don't hate on the stuff that you don't like, just cause you don't like, it doesn't mean it stinks. It just means it's not for you, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear that you guys were able to turn the negative into a positive with that and, you know, really use it as a, as a tool to get people put onto your music. That's cool that you are able to kind of flip that on its head, you know, in a way that's kind of karmic for whoever that troll was, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it was just funny, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, in Harlots too, I saw um, Jesse Lee put you guys on on multiple playlists, right? That's pretty cool because I, I mean, he's he's a big tastemaker in terms of uh, the the social media and and you know music playlists. I mean, that's that's got to be pretty cool to to see that because I know that goes a long way, right? In in helping the song get out to people is is getting on these playlists that that are in that algorithm you know which is it's crazy that that word is so huge in our lives now if somebody would have told me when i was 12 years old that algorithm would like run my life when i was 35 i'd be like what does that even mean i'm not really good at math but but that's kind of how it works now right i mean but how cool is it to see to see jesse lee support the band too i say for me personally it's pretty cool because i the first time i ever seen anything from jesse lee was from tiktok and I know he does the uh, like top 10 bands you need to listen to now. Top 10 metaphor bands are hot right now and stuff like that. And I've seen his videos multiple times and I've always 
thought that was cool. And then to see that, that was pretty dope. I was like, yeah, that's freaking awesome, man. <laughs> and stuff. So I was like, yeah, that's pretty cool. So for each of you guys, one thing I always like to ask people, especially as, as a fan of, of heavy music myself, it's it's my favorite genre. All the subgenres of metal, I love it all. Um, who or what was the bug that bit you guys as far as going down the rabbit hole with heavy music? You know, whether it was a family member, a friend, a song, do you remember that moment and, and just going, oh, what is this? I got to I gotta explore this more. Oh, that one really uh, kind of makes you really dig back. Because, uh, man... Honestly, I think one of the bands that I, I, I don't even know uh, if they're even around anymore, but uh, I used to just like, you know, the usual, uh, not like heavy, heavy metal, but just like, you know, the typical Vince Sevenfold. Uh, but uh, there's this one song I heard by this band called Bermuda. It was called Loose mm. Lips. And there was a fucking breakdown at the end of the song where... Uh, it you know there's like it, it it just stopped and then the vocals and everything the drums come right back in and as soon as it came in it was like the most disgusting like pig squeal vocals and it like literally right after that like I was hooked dude I was like I need more of that in my life and <laughs> after that it's just like been like a never ending uh you know like just chasing that you know whether if you hear it somewhere you know you create it it's just like you just want more of it you know so that to me that's what it, that's what got me into like going down the rabbit hole of consistently going down the rabbit hole of listening to heavier and heavier music. I mean, as a kid, I started off with like white zombie and Testament because that's what my dad listened to. So then, then it got to the point where, uh, obviously watching movies, you hear a song on there. You're like, dude, hell yeah. That sounds sick. So I think it started off with Triple X because you start the movie off with like Rammstein and then there's Hatebreed and like a bunch of other shit in there. And you're yeah. like, oh, sick. Then I think the thing that really put the nail in the coffin for me was uh, the Freddy versus Jason soundtrack. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go buy this CD. I was listening to everything on there and then I was raiding my dad's closet like, oh, what looks like it's some super heavy and cool artwork. So I'm just pulling everything out. And then I had a five disc CD changer in my room. So I would put everything <laughs> on there. So I would like just be playing games or cleaning my room, whatever I was doing that day and just had everything on repeat. So then it got to the point where I was watching Headbangers Ball every week with my dad. I'm like, oh, cool. More ways to find new bands. I'm like, now we got to go buy this CD. So that's kind of how that all started. But the main thing that wanted me to like learn how to actually play guitar was like Slipknot. So I'm like, dude, this shit sounds cool. Yeah, I remember back in the day, movies used to have like really, and I'm not saying they don't now, but that that was a, a thing with the soundtracks. You know, you'd go to like one of the stores and try to find like I remember Queen of the Damned had a cool soundtrack. Um, yes, it did. The, the Saw movies had a really cool soundtrack. I think Jonathan Davis worked on Queen of the Damned, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he, then, he wrote all of the yeah. stat songs on there. But also, uh, and, and, it's funny you mentioned uh, Saw because I bought the second, the Saw soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, those those were cool. Freddy vs. Jason, I think, also had, uh, wasn't Il Nino on that one too? Yeah, they played the end credit song, but they were also like the first yeah, or second cool. song on there. But also Slipknot had a, a demo on there, which is why 
I was like, oh, I need to find more Slipknot stuff. Uh, I guess mine, man, uh, I was in high school. It was during the grunge Jinko days, you know, long wallet chains and all that. Uh, most of the kids listen to Nirvana, shit like that. I was primarily into like Megadeth, a little bit of Slayer. But the one thing that set me off, my friend came to school and he's like, man, I have this video. It's got some of the heaviest music I've ever heard. And I was like, well, bring it to me, bring it to me. And I finally got it and made it back home. And it was my first time seeing a band called Demio Berger. And it was, uh, you know, it just really pulled me into the black and uh, black metal, death metal. And I was just like, oh, my God, it's so pretty, but it's dark. And it just made me feel so many emotions. And, uh, man, it's been a kick ever since. Uh, I just kind of living in that dark element, you know, pretty simple. Yeah, there's, there's, I feel like it's like uh, the Spider-Man meme, you know, when you meet other, uh, other people who are into heavy music, they're like, oh, they get it too. Like they, they understand, you yeah. know, like, um, cause when I, when I was younger and I've told the stories, uh, or the story a, a lot on this podcast, so for people who listen to the show, just fast forward this part, but, uh, <laughs> but my big brother, Brandon was the one who, who really got me into heavy music. Initially he was just wanting to be like him. He's six years older. And he was a teenager right in the mid nineties. So like you're saying, you know, grunge was, was popping off and then post grunge and alternative was huge, you know, bands like smashing pumpkins in the mid nineties. And, but then you had the, what, what came to become known as new metal, you know, that corn self-titled record came out and people were like, what is this? These guys took the Steve I guitar and tuned it as low as they could go and just had this crazy, crazy vocals with, with Jonathan Davis and, um, so he he was listening to Corn and, and Metallica, and that was an era of Metallica where everybody freaked out because they cut their hair and continued to go in more of a, <laughs> you know, continued to go in more of a hard rock direction after the Black Album. But but I remember seeing that Until It Sleeps video in like 96. I was oh, eight years old. Yeah. And that video was like the heaviest thing ever to me. It was like this heaven and hell kind of like James Hetfield's got like dirt on himself and oh, the lyrics, you know what I mean? It was just like... Lars was like at the end, the drums come in kind of heavy at the end. And I was just like, oh, my God. And I remember uh, I, I had no idea any of the Metallica album names or anything. I was eight and I had some Christmas money or Easter money or something from my grandpa. And I think it was I, I think it was load and reload. It was that era. And I just remember going to this place called CD Warehouse with my mom. And I just found the first thing that said until it sleeps on it. You know, because back then they would put out like the little EP with the single, you know, Um, and I came home and I put it in the I put it in the entertainment system in the family, uh, the family room, the living room. And my dad had some nice speakers and everything. He was always good at hooking stuff up. So the first the first song that plays is the, the studio version of Until It Sleeps. And I'm like, hell yeah, you know, and then the very next track was a live, uh, a live cut with Metallica. And I think that was still back when, when it was, you know, James Hetfield was, you know, they were all still drinking pretty heavy <laughs> and he just said yeah. MF like, uh, like, <laughs> like, right, like a bunch of times in a row. And I was like nine <laughs> years old, you know, eight, nine years old. My mom's like, Oh honey, you can't listen to that. So the same day <laughs> I had to go back to CD warehouse, take the CD back. And I remember the dude just behind the counter just kind of looked at me like, all right, little dude, but so yeah, so from there, I just I just kind of went heavier and, and heavier as I got older. Yeah. Um, you know, love Gojira. Um, oh, I just 
just saw Parkway Drive uh, in Nashville. So um, that was that was like a spiritual experience, man. Those guys are unbelievable. People were going nuts. But um, but anyway, but yeah, so it's it's cool to hear about how how people get into to heavy music, because I feel like once that bug bites you, you know, it's like a catharsis that that music just yep. it means a lot to the people who listen to it and, and who play it, I think. Absolutely. Do you guys yeah. feel that that kinship, even with with your fans that you've you've developed over the last few years in terms of just uh, how excited they get when 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 you guys put out a new song? I'd say yes, because <laughs> between our last this song and the last song it took like a year, almost a whole year. And people are literally like messaging us individually the band and saying stuff on our posts like you wouldn't like we're not releasing new music you know and they're like excited for us to release new music so it's pretty cool to hear that and then hearing that um i think a couple years ago too uh i can't remember i want to say maybe it was when we played blue ridge that it was uh one of the person's first show like as a kid with her parent, with his parents or her parents, I think. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. See, what me and Waylon were in the band uh, at that time, and so for us to be part of that kid's first show experience is crazy to me. That's like, that's like, that's just crazy, you know. Um, and then I think he even got on stage with us, and he was doing like uh, the whole like hands in the air kind of thing, you know, and stuff. So I was all like. This is crazy. Like, I didn't even know it was up there until we got pictures back. And then we had pictures of all of us and our own stuff. And then him with a, uh, a sticker of our band name on his chest and everything. And he was just doing, <laughs> oh, this is crazy. You know, so seeing that is just something that is like great to experience, especially as like a musician and being in the band. And I think there was someone else there from that time period that actually made a quilt with her favorite bands and we were on that quote as well so yeah, i thought that was awesome. pretty cool yeah and i feel like we were inspiring inspiring these kids you know some way somehow and that's just crazy to me to be honest no i really haven't been in the band that long like i think realistically i've kind of been in since july-ish not as an official member or anything but I played my first show with them in July, which is the one that Alexis first saw us. That was just funny because there's a video. I mean, there's a picture. I'm like, why does that kid in front look like Alexis? He's like, that is me. I'm like, oh, shit, you're watching us before you joined. That's cool. But like, my favorite thing is that whole, my whole favorite thing from that day was uh, like all these people that were like fans of the band beforehand. They're like, bro bro, if you're not a full-time member, you need to be in the band because y'all sounded so fucking heavy and it was so awesome. Like, okay, cool. I didn't do that bad. Then then the next show at Scout Bar that we played with Alexis, it's all three of us up there with a bass player. So we're playing as a six-piece and everyone's like, dude, that show was so heavy. It was the heaviest thing I've ever seen. Like, screw what we said about the last show. This one was way heavier. I'm like, okay. Okay. We're, we're doing this now. <laughs> That's awesome. And I, I, I did, I'm sorry if I ranted too much. Did we, did we get everybody's answer? What, what I, when I asked that question, I'm sorry if I, if I, I just went off on a tangent, I, I just wanted to revisit that about getting into heavy music. 
Uh, did we? I don't remember. <laughs> Sorry, I go off on these tangents, dudes. <laughs> I get so excited no, talking no. about this cool. stuff. <laughs> so for you guys, were you yeah. all pretty young when individually when you started playing? You know, as far as like, okay, like I'm into heavy music, but when when did the inspiration hit to to pick up an instrument, or did it or did it be come before you got into to heavier music? I think I got serious with it when I was like 13, because that's about the time that uh, I know for sure I figured out I could scream, but uh, I think I started playing guitar around 13 or 14, so about the same time. Yeah, for me. Oh, yeah, you go, Alexis. Oh, I'm sorry. No, for me, I, I was I was a bad kid <laughs> since fifth grade, playing saxophone all the way to high school since I graduated. But it wasn't until like I guess like eighth grade to when I was like four. Uh, actually, seventh grade. Uh, I was thirteen and I was, I really wanted a guitar so bad. And so for my fourteenth birthday, I got a guitar and like so since my fourteenth birthday, like I've been playing guitar and I kind of like want to say. I'm, you know, I've had a moments where I kind of like dropped it and, you know, I didn't pick it up here and there. But other than that, like ever since then, I've been pretty serious about playing, you know, guitar. Uh, yeah. So since 14 years for me. Yeah. So for me, uh, I actually started with uh, I was already kind of into the heavy music, but not as much. It took Guitar Hero came out. I think it was I want to say it was two, I think. <laughs> Where it had uh, all that remains six on it, it had Lamb of God's uh, Redneck. Yeah, oh, it had, Guitar too. Yes, yes, yeah. that was my like that by itself made me want to play guitar, and I was already into the music, so I was kind of like, you know what, let me try this. You know, I tried doing it by myself at first, uh, and I just I was like that point where I would try it and then I get and then go try it back and forth, and then eventually I had like a like just a starter lesson with how to do it. And after about a month, I was like, I want to go play my stuff now. So that's when I start learning how to play the heavier stuff and other things like that. And from there, I think I want to say I was in high school sometime, I think. I want to say maybe 16 when I started playing. And then in my later years, between my 20s, I actually gave up guitar for almost three or four years. So I didn't touch it at all. And then I had a love for music again. So I picked it up again and I started trying to go a lot harder at that point up until now. So. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, I guess mine would be, uh, I actually used to like guitar. My grandpa used to play guitar when I was younger. Uh, so I've always been driven towards music until I first Got behind a drum kit uh, at a musician's, I think they used to have like a musician's friend store in Augusta, Georgia. And uh, I went in there and got behind a drum kit and I was like, oh man, oh God. Just just the bass drum and the snare, I was just like, oh, this is my shit now, this is my shit. So it went from like looking up to like uh, James Hetfield and, and uh, you know, guitarists like Dave Mustang and Marty Friedman to uh, Lars. I hate to admit it, man, but Lars was my first drummer, man. You know that I, I, I found my inspiration. Oh God! <laughs> he says Lars from the same angry era. <laughs> hey, man, you know, uh, uh, Injustice for All and and shit. You know, uh, one and that that song Blackened, and then uh, 
Dyer's Eve, man, like, I was like, yeah, I, I got to get behind that kid. I want to do what that guy does so bad, you know, and he's spinning sticks like Tommy Lee did back in the day. And uh, uh, I remember I got my first double bass pedal. It was right when they first came out, man, but it was old. And my grandpa, um, he was kind of like an engineer, so he kind of like engineered me. <laughs> His pedals, it worked, man. It wasn't pretty, but, but That's cool. it, it, it worked. And uh, I did, uh, I did that for a little bit. Joined the military and then uh, I took a 14 year hiatus before these cats found me. And you know, my old ass is still here. So, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> well, th- thanks for serving our country, man. For real. Really appreciate it, man. Oh, no, one, one, of, one of my best friends is uh, uh, was in the Marines and, and served uh, in Iraq, like when all that stuff was was nuts you know, 15, 16 years ago, you know, 19 years old over there with a machine gun in in the desert, man. So I really, and my grandpa was in the Navy. So yeah, man. Well, what I extrapolated out of all of that was one and justice for all is one of, one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite metal records ever. And I, you know, to me, man, I mean, people can say what they want about Lars, but he's been part of some of the, some of the dopest metal tracks ever. Uh, but Injustice for All is, is, it's a great riff record too. But also Alexis, also what I'm oh, hearing yeah. where, where you guys might be able to carve out your lane, man, is you got to pick up that sax, man. You know, we need some sax, <laughs> we need some sax breakdowns. You know what I mean? We need like, the same thing. <laughs> we need, we need like, we need like drop a double bass blast beats. And then like a sax breakdown, just break the internet. All the trolls will come out from under all their little bridges. You know what I mean? I mean if nothing else, cool, it'll be, actually. you know. <laughs> We're going to go hire the guy from Lost Boys to do it live. Like a fucking whole, like, like dissonant chords with saxophones over there. Break that. Kenny G, bro. OTF, sexy sax man. Yeah, exactly. That'd be funny. That'd be pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. That's a good idea. Yeah. Just you know, go find me one, you know, start practicing again. I bet you still got it though. Yeah, paint it flat black, you know what I mean? So it fits in with, with Deathcore, you know what I mean? <laughs> Lost Boy still holds up, by the way. One of my favorite movies ever. Still holds up. Yeah. That's a good movie, for sure. I feel like that and the Goonies that they need to just never never reboot never remake those are untouchables i don't want to see no disrespect but i don't want to see any any popular child actors and then they try to do a goonies remake and make it all cgi just let it be let let that yeah masterpiece be what it is did they start trying to do it with the crow too did they try to make remake the crow no they are it's coming out no they're done shooting it they got it played the new stephen king's it Scarsboro or whatever his name is, Scarsgard. Oh, he's he's cool. He's supposed to be, yeah. Oh, Bill Scarsgard's gonna gonna play that part. It doesn't matter. Originally, they were gonna have Luke Evans do it, and they were gonna have uh, Bradley Cooper do it. I don't care who they do. They should. Nobody should be touching those movies. Yeah, I I I met James O'Barr at a convention eight years ago. Brandon Lee, uh, uh, James at a convention eight years ago was like, dude. Everybody who's tried to make a sequel or whatever after the fact did career suicide. Their movies flopped afterwards. They can't do shit. They can't get a job in Hollywood to save their lives. 
Don't yeah, the, the crow's another one, man. It, it just, um, I mean, obviously it's yeah, awful. What, what, what happened, what happened to him? It's, it was a horrible, tragic story, yeah. but that, that movie was, was just, I mean, again, it still holds up. You can watch it now. It's still dope. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Top 10 of all time, man. One of my top 10 of all time. Definitely. I'm going to watch it after this. How about that? I haven't. I actually have not watched it in years. <laughs> I need to rewatch it. We got our homework, it's been man. a long time since I've watched that one. Great music in that one, if I'm not we mistaken. Either, actually, you know? fun yes. fact about that soundtrack, James O'Barr picked out everything for it. Really? For the first one. He said the second one, he was about to sue the Miramax for making it. They said, hey, by the time that we get to court and all that, the movie's already going to be done and out, so... You're gonna be wasting time and money. So he's like, just send me my fucking movie checked in. We're we're done here. <laughs> was the crow 94, 95? It was right around mid 90s, right? Somewhere around there. Yeah, I think something around there. I don't remember. Yeah, there's there's certain certain movies, man. You can't, you know, you can't uh to me you gotta leave them in the in the capsule that they're in, man. You know, let people enjoy them. Don't try to don't try to remake them. You know what I mean? It's not like sports oh, yeah. where somebody comes out of retirement and you're like, oh, I'm glad I got to see them again. You know, like I got to see I got to see Michael Jordan when he was on the Wizards play the Pistons and the Pistons are my favorite team. And <laughs> yeah. they used to beat the hell out of him back in the day. And I'm like, that was cool. You know what I mean? Because I got to see I got to see Jordan in Detroit. Um, we were in the upper bowl, so I had binoculars, but it was still cool because I could see him talking trash to people. And like, you know what I mean? Like you can see guys talking on the court and to see him back down somebody and look at them like they were like this big, you know, and hit a jumper. I'm like, so that that's different with yeah, sports. Yeah. When somebody comes back out of retirement, you're like, okay, it gives people a chance to see him again, but movies, I don't know. There's certain, there's certain things you got to, yeah, there's certain things you got to leave alone. And I feel like the Goonies, the lost boys, um, you know, the crow, those are just, those are classics, man, you know, and the practical effects were so dope back in the day too. You know, like the thing, like the practical effects on the thing. Oh, like, God, yeah. I mean, the coolest, the coolest CGI wouldn't wouldn't come close to how cool that no, was. It wouldn't. You know? It wouldn't. It's like the Exorcism, uh, or Exorcist. I mean, that mm-hmm. movie cannot be remade. Like, honestly, that's like the only movie I've ever watched Never where it still man. gives me like the heebie-jeebies watching. The Exorcist. Yes, because like yeah. how crazy based that on that illusion Alexis swears. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he does have that shirt. I forget. <laughs> oh, I do. I have an Illumio shirt with uh Pazuzu on there. Yeah, I met Waylon at a local minion. He saw me, he was like, Oh fuck, it's that damn thing. And he was like, dude, that shit used to commentary so much when I was a little kid. And I'm like, What? Pazuzu? I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna get along just fine. <laughs> so, so so since we're on, on on like a horror movie uh track right now what's the last movie that you guys saw that even as grown men it kind of like you you slept a little weird that night you know what i'm saying you looked at the closet a little bit you know you rolled over in the bed and you're like i don't know man i'm a little I'm a little messed up right now what's the last one that really got under your skin Man, as a grown man, I'll admit that fucking scary movies scare the shit out of me, you know? <laughs> uh, honestly, man, uh, I think one that, for some reason, one that's always stuck with me has been the Ring movies. I don't know why. The Ring movies Those were creepy. They Tomorrow. always me up. Everything after that was, you know, okay, but the Ring movies were just it for me. Nah, The Grudge, man. She pulled that chick up in, in her attic, robot, or, like, face. 
yeah. <laughs> the grudge was messed up too. It was. That one fucked me up. I'll have hereditary to go. man. I've heard things about that. I haven't seen it yet, but I think the one that to this day just has me being like, huh, it would be Gothica. That's pretty cool. Halle Berry, where uh, she's like a mental asylum doctor chick, and then she ends up like getting possessed and then kills her husband and stuff. And like they go, she goes out and finds out that like her husband was like killing and raping these girls. And then like basically one of the girls that like got killed and raped possessed her and killed her husband. So then like on paper, it looks like she killed her husband, but really, she was possessed. What movie is that? I gotta watch that. It sounds interesting. Gothica. It came out like 03, and, and then Limp Biscuit did a, a cover for the soundtrack. Oh, shit. They did that behind Blue Lives movie for that. That's so random. Holy crap. Well, it's shit. weird, because they, like, out of all the songs they could do, they did Behind Blue Eyes, and you're like, huh. <laughs> Uh, for me, I don't even know, man. Wayne's not scared of scary movies. I'm really not. Like, I think the only one that got me really close to being feeling weird about it was probably the, uh, uh, what was it called? Uh, Wayne doesn't watch movies. He falls asleep by 8 o'clock. I do. I'm like, <laughs> even though Wayland's older than me, I'm like the old person in the group. I'm like, all right, it's eight o'clock for all. Man, Mimi's time. No, it's, just, it's, it's, it's bedtime, bro. <laughs> this is true. This I don't is even know, man. I honestly don't even know. I think uh, I can't remember the name, but it's the one with had like a small. Uh, I just can't remember the name. It escaped me. Uh, but it had like a small two series. And it came out a couple years ago where they had like the uh, based on the Annabelle dolls and then oh, the based Conjuring? on oh, Conjuring, the yeah. yeah, yeah. The first Conjuring kind of had me. I was like, "Holy crap, this is crazy!" But now I don't. Now at that time, I was like, "Ooh!" But now I'm kind of eh. And even more recently, there's that one that kind of stuck with me. The one where um, I'm really bad with remembering the names of movies, but it's all good. there's one where they had like a little girl that got her face smashed by the pole while she was in the, the uh, driveway. Her... Yes, that one. That one was freaking weird. Yeah, that one it was just... me up. Yeah, that was just weird. I was like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> it was more it's... weird. It was here, it just was weird. I didn't understand. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> The, the the girl crawling across the wall at the end of the movie yeah. scene, like the background. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Ari Aster did that one. Um, and I think he also did Midsummer. Midsummer's Midsummer's equally yeah, is unsettling, if not more unsettling than hereditary. But yeah, those those trip me out when I watch those. Stir of Echoes I saw when I was 12. It's not really a horror movie, it's more of a thriller with Kevin Bacon. I don't know if you guys Kevin seen Bacon. that one, but <laughs> yeah that one freaks me out because it seems real like i believe in that stuff i believe kids and animals can see stuff people might think yeah, i'm crazy yeah. for saying that but i i do i think there's something about like innocence that they they sometimes yeah. and sometimes i think people can just tap in it's like people who are really good with numbers i mean 
if it's true that we only use 10% of our brains, I think maybe sometimes it can work that way spiritually, not to get this way off the rails away from of the fallen, but, but, uh, but yeah. So when I saw a stir of echoes, I'm like, I feel like that really could be real. You could move into a house where something happened and somebody could tap into it and who knows what kind of energy you could unearth. And it scared the crap out of me when I was 12. I don't know. I'm 35 and I'm not afraid to say, I don't know that I'd, I'd want to watch that by myself in my apartment. I don't think I'd sleep. Good. <laughs> I, I don't that, think I'd sleep good. Yeah, I agree with that. That sounds interesting, though. Yeah, if you haven't seen Stir of Echoes, it's a, it's a good one. Um, well, dudes, before we wrap this up, once again, I just want to say thank you again so much for taking the time to come on here. Uh, but circling back to, um, to, to Of the Fallen and what you guys have got going on, I, I, the shows over the years, the, some of the bands that you guys have, have played with, um, you know, I saw Attila in there, Origins, Filth, uh, The Convalescents, who... I talked to way, way back in the day when, when my show was still Bauman's Breakdown. Um, also Blue Ridge Rock Fest. Like, what's it like, you know, when you put the work into these songs and then have the experience to translate it to the live stage? And is there anything from some of the bands that you've seen perform where, you know, maybe you're not trying to like do what they do or, or emulate them, but just things that you see that work with, with bands who have been at it for a while that, that you go, okay, that's, that's the way you handle your business when, when you're live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, I'd probably say something along, along the lines of, I guess how they play live, I'm guessing, and not just like being a stick, you know, and then just playing. Cause I've seen some really great bands, but their live actual performance is just, I'm like, bro, you're not even like, at least like, moving you know yeah i just never i just never got that like that i'm at least gonna move i may not move all around the stage or in the crowd but i'm at least gonna get into my own music and my and and perform my own way but not just stay there stick it in a figure and everything that's for me but i don't know yeah i think i have to agree with like with him with saying that because there is a difference with you know performing and then performing I, I don't know if you catch my drift here you know like you could play everything so perfectly but like your stage presence is you know like you know sometimes yeah the fan you know the crowd wants to see you like move so you can interact with them so yeah I think that's one thing that uh, I'll follow along with him too that stage presence like watching that band that you like that makes you excited and once you see them and then they're on stage it just gets you fired up and that's the kind of thing you kind of want to return when you're also playing up there you know for sure. I think uh, one thing we've been working on, especially uh, more recently, is kind of exactly what you're talking about, uh, just being more professional on stage. You know, everybody wants to see a show, and, you know, and the majority of that is actual music. But, you know, you still have those, that, that other percent that's like Wayne was saying, you don't want to watch them standing there like a stick man just boring like do something like move show you got some spirit or some soul like you got to sell yourself that you believe in in your music you know and when you're up there you know it's like a job do your thing be loud you know uh you know get the crowd's attention keep them interactive with it you know because it's all part of the metal family to begin with you know so i think the uh people that want to they they want to see the show you know you can tell whether a band wants to be there you know, you know, or not from their actions and their uh, energy on stage. For sure. 
And for you guys in, in Houston too, man, I mean, what's, what's the, the metal scene like there? Um, like what, what's, what's the live experience like when you guys, <laughs> when you guys play there is, cause I mean, obviously I know Houston's Houston's a big city, you know, and, and, and I know from, from it being a vibrant sports town, obviously there's a lot of music history in, in the state of Texas in general, especially with heavy music. I mean, I, Pantera's from Texas, right? right? I mean, like, yeah. Um, what's, what's the scene like where you guys are at when it comes to, you know, more extreme music? So funny you mentioned that because just recently, uh, I personally on my personal page, I made a post uh, about it because uh, our vocalist Rob was listening to a podcast, other podcast with Chris Garza from Suicide, and he had the guys from Fit for a King on there, and the, they're talking through whatever, and at the very end of it, they were talking about shows being sold out and shows this and that, and the one thing that came up. That, was, that apparently is prevalent in the music industry, especially on the bigger national side, is Houston is the h- hardest market to sell your to sell your to sell out in and to sell your band in. Oh, really? Um, yes. It's it, for some reason I actually listened to the podcast too after Rob told me about it, told us about it, and I heard the same thing. And that for me, it wasn't the first or second or even third time I've heard that about Houston. And it's not saying that there's nothing here or anything like that, because the local scene here uh, just recently, this past weekend, Body Snatch was in town and it got sold out, like completely sold out, you know. And then I think on Monday or Tuesday, there was a hardcore show here in Houston that apparently sold out, you know, and then there's a, a show's going on at the time and everything. The problem is, though, Houston is a big city. Man. You're pretty much you're pretty much having two maybe three cities in one and you have down south you have north you have east and west you know uh, areas and it's it's one of those weird things because since there's such a big gap in the venues you have three or four you literally have three or four shows a night happening and it's crazy that each show will pull people you know and everything but it's just one of those weird things man like houston is probably the biggest city uh, that has the way it handles itself and it pulls and everything and it was crazy to hear that from the national guys that said hey you know this city is hard to do anything in sometimes like if you see a sold out show and there's like one sh- one city that's not sold out it's more than likely houston you know and then eventually it does tell up but it's usually one of the last ones i think because the culture has changed too i know nowadays it's more hip-hop and country and rap uh coming from texas and houston but there's definitely a prevalent houston music metal scene here and i've seen it in my own eyes in the last couple months and years and everything so that's just me personally what i've seen that's interesting. Yeah, I would I would have never guessed. Just you know, like you said, it being a big city and, and just the music history in Texas. But but when you talk about it, I, I guess that kind of makes sense. Like you said, from the standpoint of if if things are kind of sequestered, where you've got people in different pockets of the city, maybe they kind of stay in their 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 part of town, or or like you said, they kind of stick with maybe a particular genre. Um, but uh, but deathcore in general, uh, that's one thing I wanted to ask you guys too before before we we close it out. And thanks again, dudes, for the time. I really enjoyed the conversation. Hopefully, I didn't I didn't rant too much. Um, nah, man, we appreciate but, uh, you too, man. Thank you. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Um, 
but when you look at bands like Lorna Shore, even and and yeah. and, and kind of what they're doing, I mean, w- when you look at heavy music in general, whether it's deathcore or you know another band that's making a lot of noise right now is Sleep Token and kind of kind of what they're doing. Yeah. Like, do you feel like um, heavy music is in is in a good spot? You know, when you look at our lifetimes, it, I'm, I'm you know it seems like we're all kind of within the same age range um, of a few years, but. Uh, Deathcore and, and heavy and extreme music seems like it's in a pretty pretty healthy place right now. Do you guys feel like that as, as a band that's out there doing it? I kind of want to say that for our music, it's always kind of like bringing in new people. It's constantly bringing in, and some people are always kind of kind of be in there just for like you know for a little bit, maybe a face. But I feel like it's one of those things that's consistently bringing people in, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say probably so because back when I was growing up, I started listening to bands. I would. I grew up with deathcore that was like Whitechapel, Suicide, Chelsea Grin, um, really gaining their traction, and now we have the newer metal deathcore newer uh i guess bigger band the next step of deathcore and it's lorna it's uh like i don't even know who else is going off right now i know there's a couple of bands i've, I've been hearing bands like crazy and stuff uh, but... distant oh yeah distant yeah i freaking yes they have been i've been friends with uh their vocals for a while uh when it came through chaos and carnage, uh, I got to talk with him for a long time and he's a down to earth dude, by the way, he's really cool. And to see his growth, so I've known him and his band for before they even like doing most of their stuff and everything. So it's cool to see his growth and their growth, Lorna's growth, you know? Um, I mean, Lorna has been a band for what, 10 years almost. And they're just now getting that big traction. And now look at them, you know, it's crazy to see that. And it just blew up. But because they blew up, it projected the genre even further. And I honestly believe Lauren Shore blew up the genre. As I, I, I yeah, believe I, that. I agree ever that. since that stuff happened with COVID and then they dropped that, that track, uh, it just kind of projected everything. And then you have bands like Bring Me the Horizon, even though they're not heavy, they're still bringing in that crowd about people that want to listen to alternative music that's not just pop and country and hip hop. You know, um, even right now, Sleep Token. I'm personally not a fan of Sleep Token. I just can't get into them. But props to them. You know, Bad Omens. They've been doing crazy stuff, and now they're just, they're having like I think they knocked off Metallica and another band for number one in iTunes, I think it was, or Apple Music. So that's crazy, you know? These bands yeah. are coming up, and they're bringing in yeah. new people constantly that want to hear these bands, hear them play. Yeah, it's, it's, I think heavy music's in an interesting spot, and it's cool to see the, the tours that are happening. Um, you know, people, people from different, different ends of the genres, you know, coming out, whether it's metalcore or deathcore or just straight up heavy, heavy metal. Um, you know, even a few years ago, getting a chance to see, uh, 
Alice in Chains and and Corn co-headline <laughs> in uh, Nashville was was amazing. You know, watching Jerry Cantrell, it was like watching watching somebody doing what they were born to do. Uh, and then Corn opened yeah. up with Here to Stay, and that's still one of my favorite riffs ever. Um, and I think they had uh, Under Oath was one of the opening bands, and then Horror was was one of the other bands. Um, so it's cool to see Bills get, get mixed in like that, you know. Um, like you said, you know, uh, like you guys are talking about bringing in people who maybe weren't aware of certain bands and, and it's cool to see that get get mixed up as, as fun as it is to go to a show sometimes where it's like, you might have four like beat down bands in a row at the same time. It's kind of nice to have a change of pace where maybe you have a more melodic band and then you have a heavier yeah. band, you know what I mean? You don't feel like everything's kind of, yeah. you know, bleeding together. You get people coming from different ends of the spectrum and, and I want to see that more in heavy music, man. Cause I think sometimes uh, in the past, there's definitely been some elitism and metal, you know, crapping on other mm-hmm. subgenres, and it's like yeah. metal. Metal, uh, for lack of a better way to say it, is already the the redheaded stepchild of of modern music. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and <laughs> you know, we don't need, uh, you know, we we don't need the genres uh, going against each other, man. People need to lift lift each other up and and get put on to new stuff. You know what I mean? But but um, but yeah, so it's cool. It's cool to see that it's in. Um, it's in a healthy, in a healthy place. Well, I'll get you guys out of here on this, man. I, I'm, I'm genuinely a fan of what you're doing. I loved Harlots. I love the music video and going back and listen to your other singles uh, and Lamentations. Like I, I'm really excited for, for what you guys have cooking, man. And uh, just, I feel like you're another band out of Texas that there's just something in the water down there, man. There's a lot of great music history from, from country to hip hop to, to metal to rock and uh it's cool to see you guys doing your thing um and even though this is kind of a heavier question it is one sometimes that i like to close out on just with the theme of the show being perseverance and, and moving forward um anything that you guys want to share related to to maybe moments in your life where you're at a low point and you got through that you feel like maybe is something worth passing on to somebody listen to this whether it's a kid who's struggling with anxiety or you know maybe somebody's going through work struggles, job changes, the, this pandemic, it's been a wild couple of years, y'all. Like, is there yeah. anything off the dome that, that uh, you feel like might, might help somebody out there just from your own personal experience and, and things that you guys have persevered through? Well, I guess on one note, uh, I've, I've listened to metal pretty much my whole life, you know, and, uh, one thing that I know is the metal, metal community is probably one of the tightest knit groups. And I kind of feel like we've always been the underdogs of, you know, modern music. But, you know, as the underdogs, you know, we're strong uh, and especially uh, strength in numbers, man. So you always got somebody that knows what you're feeling, you know, kind of kind of what you're going through. So uh, don't give in, don't give up, push forward. Like you're saying, uh, we are warriors, man. We are not weaklings. Yeah, uh, I'll say this too. Um, just don't ever just stop or don't give up, you know. I mean, even for the last couple of years, I've struggled with that same concept of if it really matters or what matters, not even just in my music or the band, but in my personal life too. I mean, shit, in 2020, I was struggling just like everyone else. And I legit probably almost took my whole my own life in 2020 because of how low I really was 
but my mindset was not right, you know? So I had to look into myself so I could get out of that mindset and try to figure out, like, I don't want to be this person anymore. I don't want to feel this way. I know sometimes it's not going to be the answer to every question of just trying to get that mindset. But a lot of times it's our mindset that can get us out of that situation, you know, or if you're holding on to something or whatever that's putting you down, that's what you need to get rid of. Whether it be a family, a family, a friend, you know, something you're holding on to that can make you feel that way, you know. And that's what I found out about myself too. So there's definitely, definitely people out there that feel the same way, and everyone deserves someone to talk to. So, and that's just something that sometimes people may get like antsy about because they don't know who they can talk to. There's always someone that you can talk to. Even if you don't think there is, there really is someone you can always talk to. For sure. Well, thanks for sharing that. I'm glad you're still here, man. You know, especially when you look at all the cool stuff you guys are doing now, man. I'm glad you, I'm glad you stuck with it and picked the guitar back up and, and making the music you want to make, dude. So glad you pushed through that, brother. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I definitely could have done it without my bandmates for sure, you know even the ones that are not with us still right now because they had to choose different things and do different things. You know, music has always been my person, my personal saving grace. So I went through the same stuff through high school, you know, and I found music and music has always been what I come back to every time, regardless of how I feel, you know, so. Yeah, I like to agree with uh, on that, with especially with music that, uh, man, especially for people that want to give up in music and like you were saying earlier, like what matters, what doesn't matter, man. Say you do you because that shit makes you happy. At the end of the day, you do it because that's what you love. And yeah, that's one thing that really can't stress that enough is just don't give up on that, man. Just keep going. Even some days when you're just like, man, like, is anybody even listening or does this even matter? Or even if you're thinking, <laughs> you know, in your head, like, people going to hate this. Who fucking cares? You love that shit. You do that, you, you do that shit because, you know, do it for you. At the end of the day, that's what matters. Yeah, for sure. Well, dudes, this has been awesome. Thanks again so much for taking the time to do the show. Um, I'll obviously put up the links in the, in the podcast description, but for people who aren't familiar with Of The Fallen, where, where can they find you out there? Uh, pretty much Spotify, YouTube, Apple Music. Uh, we're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Twitter's not as active, but, you know, uh, TikTok. Uh, More pretty hard. much. Yeah. If <laughs> 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 you think this is your hard, look at this riff. <laughs> I was about to tell Wayne to put harlots on there because I was like, man, this chick is fucking hardcore. Let's go. I mean, there is an orgy in the video. Or I mean, technically, there is. There is, though. <laughs> <laughs> so we probably could get away with it, too. It would, it would just fit. <laughs> Well, I'll I'll make sure to put up the correct links to send people to to the right place for your for your music. Um, we'll leave it. At, we'll leave it at that. 
Well, dude, stay in touch, man. Genuinely. I'm, I'm excited for you guys. I, I greatly appreciate you guys uh, taking more an hour of your time with, with me tonight. Hopefully I didn't rant too much, take us down too many crazy rabbit holes, but, uh, but uh, I, I really enjoy talking with you and I'm, I'm genuinely excited for what you guys are doing. And I think you got your own brand going with of the fallen and, and uh, again, like you guys were saying, man, you don't need to hear me say it, but just don't quit. Keep doing your thing. Don't compare yourselves to anybody else. Uh, sometimes I do that even in podcasting. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I shouldn't be comparing myself to friggin' Joe Rogan because he's a celebrity and I'm not. So, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I think there's there's always failure in, uh, in, in comparison out there, man. So um, and I think the beautiful thing about music today is, uh, you know, I, it's heavy music is as big as it's ever been in my life. And, uh, I think there's plenty to go around for everybody. And, um, you know, like you were talking about with Lorna Shore, man, you never know when something's, when something's going to hit and catch on. So I hope you guys just keep doing your thing and keep, keep pushing harlots for everybody out there. Go check it out, man. Hell yeah, man. Hey, we appreciate you a lot, man. Thank you for having us on. Yeah, man. Thank you very much. Thank you much. Thank you. Yes, thank you, sir. You're welcome. You guys are welcome back anytime. We'll go have a good night. Watch Stir of Echoes by yourself. Tell me how you slept. I might just watch it. I don't know. <laughs> All right, dudes. I'll see you. Thanks. All right, man. See thank you. Dighty, there you have it. That was my conversation with Wayne, Waylon, Alexis, and Travis of the band of The Fallen out of Houston, Texas. Make sure you go follow those guys on Instagram at of the Fallen HTX. And the link to all of their stuff will also be in the podcast description for this episode. So just scroll down to the bottom of the podcast description, hit the link for their Instagram, hit the other link, which will take you to where you can find their music. It'll take you to where you can buy merch. That's all going to be in the podcast description for this episode. So please go support of the fallen. Once again, I want to give a shout out to Travis, Alexis, Wayne, and Waylon. Guys, it was so great to talk to all of you. And even though Trav isn't in the band anymore, uh, again, from the posts that I read on socials, it looked like it was a mutual parting of ways and, and everybody's wishing each other well going forward. So it was great to get him on here and shoot the breeze and talk about his involvement in the band at the time he was in it. And again, just uh, I'm, I'm so excited for these guys to see Harlots already approaching again almost uh, you know 20,000 Spotify streams to see the music video uh, over 50,000 YouTube views, getting reaction videos from guys like Beatdown King and um, Hardcore Keem. It's just really cool, man. And even to see a guy like uh, like Jesse Lee put them on playlists and stuff. I mean, it's it's really dope. Um, it's it's really cool to see these guys really making a name for themselves. And they've shared the stage with numerous bands over the years, and they're continuing to play live shows and get their name out there. And and once again, man, when you talk about the, the Texas music history, dude, you know, obviously if you're a headbanger, you know Pantera's from there. Uh, if you love rock and roll, you know ZZ Top's from there. Um, not to mention, you know, countless other, you know, awesome artists, from all across the musical spectrum and, and to see these guys making a name for themselves in the heavy music world, it's really cool to see, man. And like I said, I've, you know, when I talked at the the opening of this thing, I've had a chance to have several bands from the state of Texas on here and they're all down to earth, awesome dudes. And, and these guys are the same too. So once again, I want to say thank you, Wayne. Thank you, Waylon. Thank you, Alexis. Thank you, Travis, for coming on here. 
And uh, I hope everybody out there listening to this right now goes out and checks out Of The Fallen. You may be a fan of the band and you came here because you saw them post about this on their socials. And if so, that's great. Thank you to the dudes uh, for, for for doing that. But uh, if, if you're somebody who listens to this show regularly and you're not familiar with Of The Fallen, I really hope you check them out, man, because uh, they are definitely worth the listen. So once again, at Of The Fallen HTX on Instagram. And again, their link for all their stuff is going to be in the podcast description for this episode. I'm also going to put the link for that awesome music video that they did for Harlots, which once again features Daniel Eichelberger of Marari. I hope I'm saying his last name right. I tried to find it, man. Daniel, if you listen to this dude, I tried I tried finding it. And uh, so I, I feel like I did all right on the pronunciation of your name. I never know whether to say pronunciation or enunciation, and I should have went to you know, I did go to, listen to me, I should have went to, I did go to school for journalism, so I should know the difference between it, though. When do you say pronounce and unounce? But hopefully, dude, I digress. Hopefully I got uh, your last name right and I didn't butcher it too much, but you killed it on the track. But uh, but yeah, man, dope music video, dope band, and I'm just really excited for their future. And again, just heavy music right now is just, is in uh, such a cool spot. Um, Lorna Shore is going to be going out with Gojira and Mastodon on tour coming coming up here pretty soon. I think the tour starts. In fact, I believe they're coming to Nashville in May or June, and I'm in the Nashville area, so that would be a sick show to check out. But Lorna Short, excuse me, is opening doors. Sleep Token is making a lot of noise right now. I mean, there's there's just a lot of really cool music in in the heavy music realm, and that's why I would really like to see the elitism start to dissipate you know, um, in terms of the gatekeepers of what you can do and what you can do, you know, to me at the end of the day, if I can headbang to it and I can, I can feel the lyrics and I can feel the emotion of the song, even when it comes to deathcore vocals and stuff where you, you know, sometimes you got to Google what's being said because you can't exactly make it out. Like I, if, if the music has meaning and it has theme to it, um, and like I said, that was one of the cool things about listening to, uh, you know, or, or doing this conversation rather with the dudes in of the fall and to hear them break down kind of the, the tie-ins to their songs. Like that's, that's dope to me because that's, that's just like any other art form, whether it's film, whether it's comic books and, and, you know, graphic novels and how those all tie together or movies, you know, a lot of people are huge fans of the, the Marvel universe and how the movies tie together. Like if you, if you have meaning behind what you do and you believe in it, and you do it with all your heart, that's that's more than a lot of people can say, man. So uh, again, to all my fellow headbangers listening to this, go support these dudes. And even if you're not somebody who typically has an ear for heavy music, just give it a try. Give it a try. You don't know until you try. You know, I know that, you know, my dad probably would wince, uh, to say the least, at a lot of the stuff that I listen to. Uh, but, you know, I would argue that my dad, you know, maybe some of the the, the angry moments over the years might have been tempered if he if he would have listened to some headbanging and gotten it out, you know. And y'all can Google it. They've done studies which show that metalheads are typically, you know, calmer people. You can fact check me. They've done studies on this because it's a catharsis. So anyway, dad, I love you. I don't want people to think that my dad is like this awful person. Uh, I'm just saying, you know what I mean? People who don't typically listen to heavy music, it's like, hey, you know, sometimes you, you get upset, you have a bad day. And, you know, some people exercise, some people listen to music, some people do both, some people go garden or draw, whatever, whatever it is, just make sure you get it out in a healthy way. But to me, heavy music has always been a positive release of negative emotion. And 
I feel very fortunate, like I said in the top of this thing, to to be able to bring you guys a lot of these bands and hopefully put you on to stuff you weren't aware of before. So thank you to everybody who listens to this. I really mean it from the bottom of my heart. If you did enjoy this show as much as I hate begging for this stuff, please do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend. Like and subscribe. Obviously, you guys found me, but I am on all of the major platforms. You can listen to this show on Spotify, on Apple, on iHeart, on Amazon. If you have an Alexa, you can say, Alexa, play March 4th with Mike Bauman, and it'll come up, which is crazy because that's very like futuristic and weird to me, but it's awesome for the show. Um, and if you would take the time to leave a rating and a review, you can leave a five-star rating Um, On Spotify and Apple, they have five-star rating systems. Apple gives you the opportunity to also leave a comment. Those things go a long way in helping the show rank higher and get these conversations out to more people, which then puts more people on to Of the Fallen, and then Of the Fallen grows, and the show grows, and everything just heads in a positive direction. So like I said, man, I'm not somebody that likes to you know, beg for that kind of stuff, but at the same time, it's been cool to see the show grow incrementally over the last few years since I've really been hitting it consistently since the pandemic and it would uh it would be really cool to see it continue to trend that way so that we can get these conversations about persevering and moving forward and awesome creators and musicians like of the fallen out to more people so if you enjoyed it please take the time to do those things it really means a lot I really appreciate it and on that note I'm gonna officially shut my big yapper and put it excuse me put an end to this bad boy my voice is getting hoarse because I'm talking too much. But, uh, but yeah, I hope that everybody's doing well. And if you're not, know that it gets better. Just keep the faith and be kind to one another. Get up every day and do your absolute best. Try to leave people with a smile or a laugh. We need it in these trying times. And, uh, yeah, man, and get out there and support your favorite bands. Get out there and support bands like Of The Fall and get some merch. You know, uh, drive up the views on the on the YouTube music videos and drive up those streams so that we can continue to get awesome music from these people. So thank you once again. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of the dudes and of the fallen, you know what it is. Here is their latest single, Harlots, featuring Daniel Eichelberger of the band Mirari. Peace. (laughs) 